church experience online. We're so happy that you joined us today. As you watch this teaching video, if you have any questions or need help getting connected, please don't hesitate to reach out by phone or email. Also, our website is the best place to go if you'd like to access helpful growth step resources, join a serving team, connect in a life group, get your questions answered, or support this movement financially by giving online. At the end of this teaching video, you'll hear one of our church experience worship original songs. We hope this gives you an opportunity to worship and reflect on what you learned. Thanks again for joining us at Church Experience Online. Well, happy six-year anniversary church experience. Come on. Welcome to our Vision Sunday. What an epic day as we get to look back at all that God's done in the past and look ahead with vision to all we believe God's going to do in the future. I'm so glad that you're a part of it and you're here on the ground floor at the beginning of a great movement of what God's going to do to impact many people, to help more people experience a full life in Jesus Christ. You know, I know that not all of you have been with us for these six years that we're celebrating today. And so I just want to share a few pictures, a few memories, maybe catch you up a little bit. February 2014, Church Experience had its first event in a uh, barbecue uh, that happened in a local park. And, and this barbecue uh, allowed some people to get connected with each other and start to get connected to God. And then that, that gathering of people had a few more events and then moved into a local high school lobby. We didn't even have a worship team until we were over 100 people. And we played YouTube videos from other churches for our music. But in the midst of all that and sitting in these hard plastic chairs in a high school lobby, God was still changing and transforming lives. People were coming to Jesus and the community was being formed. And we moved into the high school auditorium and had a launch day on January 11, 2015. that impacted hundreds of people and dozens of people came to Christ on that day and continued to come to Christ ever since that time. In fact, now 225 adults have been baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, given their lives to Jesus, made a commitment to him, and are following him. And it's amazing to see the relationships that are being formed as people get connected together into community. It's amazing to see the impact that's been made out in the community as, as people have as not only gone out to serve in Jesus' name, but helped those who are, are struggling and given out food to the poor. It's amazing to think of the impact. Church has come so far. In fact, I love this specific picture because this, this picture represents to me how far the church has come. See, we, we used to roll into the high school with the three original families early in the morning on Sunday for our launch team gatherings. And, and we didn't have very many possessions as a church, but it was more than what we could fit in our trunks. So we'd unload our families at the school and we'd take the car seats out and we'd drive these three vehicles over to a local storage unit. And we'd load all of our belongings as a church into our vehicles and drive back to the school, set up, have our launch team gathering. And then at the end of the day, we'd drive everything back to the storage unit and then we put the car seats back in and we get our families back in the car and we go out to lunch. So that, that was kind of how the church started. And it's amazing because not only can those belongings that the church has now not fit in those vehicles anymore, 
But the impact, the life change, it cannot be contained in such a small space. It's, it's amazing to see how God is using you. It's using our church family to impact people in now multiple locations. One church, many experiences. And we believe we're only beginning to see the first chapter of what the story that God is writing through our church family to impact our world for Jesus Christ so that more people can experience a full life in Jesus Christ. Well, we're going to talk about vision today, not just for our church. In fact, my hope today is that you will increase your vision. You'll increase your vision. That's why I titled today's message, Increase Your Vision, because I hope that through this conversation today, you will get a bigger and better and clearer vision for what God wants to do in your life and in your family and in your future. Increase your vision. Well, to do that, we're going to journey into a very special story in the book of Acts it's a story in the early church of a guy named Saul. Would you just help me out right now? Everybody just together. Let's everybody just say Saul. Saul, yeah. yeah. Saul had a turnaround story, a life change story. You also know of him as the Apostle Paul. But he wasn't always a follower of Jesus Christ. In fact, he was very much against him. And about a year or so after Jesus was crucified and resurrected and ascended into heaven, this Saul was on a trip. He was on a journey. From Jerusalem to Damascus. It's 180 miles either direction. And it says, meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and he asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, the way of Christianity, the way of Jesus, if he found any Christians there, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. He's breathing out murderous threats against Jesus' followers. He couldn't stand them. He wanted to stop them, apprehend them. He'd be happy if they were put to death. You know, Saul was born a Jew in the city of Tarsus. He was born into a family of Pharisees. He was born into this free Roman city, the city of Tarsus, part of the Roman Empire. And, and that was important to his story. In fact, it's later said in Acts 21, verse 39, Saul or Paul, he says, he says, I'm a Jew from Tarsus in Cilicia, a citizen of no ordinary city. As one Bible teacher put it, he wasn't bragging about Tar Tarsus. He was just stating the well-known fact. Everybody in the Roman Empire knew of Tarsus. It was a well-regarded, highly regarded city, well-known for being highly educated. In fact, later on in his story, Paul was standing before the governor of Caesarea, Festus, and Festus comments about Saul's great learning, his great learning. He was well-educated. In fact, many believe that he could speak, read, and write in, in three languages, at least, Greek, Hebrew, and Aramaic. He's a very smart man, very well-educated from, from young age, early on, all the way through. You know, he, he was a Roman citizen. He inherited his Roman citizenship, likely from his father or his grandfather. This, this was pretty rare for a Jew to have Roman citizenship in an occupied city. But he had it. He was a Roman citizen. He got it from his family. Likely, the two top places you can get it was if you bought it for a large sum of money or if it was granted to you through some great act of service to the Roman Empire. Well, Tarsus was famous for manufacturing goat's hair felt, which was likely how Saul became a tent maker that you hear about later in his journeys. And, and tent making was a common 
occupation for those who are aspiring Jewish scholars. It would provide some income for them during their studies, but also keep them from being idle and getting into trouble. And this was this is part of his, his journey and his education there in Tarsus, which is where it began. And then he was eventually sent to Jerusalem to study at the university under a famous mentor, Gamaliel. And, and he, he became this well-known Pharisees studying with other Pharisees. And, and, and Saul, he, he, he hated Christians. He was a product of his education, his family history, his past. It was connected with his ambition for the future. And he, he traveled to Damascus, this 180-mile journey this day in Acts 9. He, he made this journey with letters in his hand and hatred in his heart. Saul had a committed direction. A direction is... Where you're from and where you're going, it's, it's the line between those two points, where you're from and where you're going, and he had a direction. And everybody has a direction. You have a direction. You know, vision really is a picture of a preferred future. It's a, it's a direction. This church began with a, a vision. Church experience began with a vision of a preferred future, a direction. And, and, and God is wanting to create a preferred future, a better future, a bigger future in and through your life may not be what you imagine right now, but it's, it's a great vision that he has for your life. God's a bigger dreamer for you than you're a dreamer for you. And I know you got dreams. Everybody has a dream. But God's got a greater dream for your life. But everybody has a direction. They're going somewhere and they're from somewhere. And like Saul, he was headed somewhere, but he was headed somewhere with great ambition. And many people are, are grinding their way and setting goals on their way and moving hard in a direction, hustling in a direction to get where they want to go, like Saul. Other people are coasting there, casually floating, <laughs> moving from where they used to be to where they'll eventually end up. But everybody is moving. Every day, every new year is, is moving further along on the direction from where they are to where they used to be. And, and Saul had a direction. The problem was it was the wrong direction which can happen to all of us, which has happened to all of us. The other day, Jennifer and I were driving down the road, and she asked me to plug in the address. She was driving. I was doing some writing in the passenger seat, and we were headed on a, on a trip, and, and, and I plugged the address in for her. And as soon as I did, it said to turn left. And so I said, hey, babe, quick, turn left. So she did real quick, and with a smile on her face, she said, whew, where would I be without you? So I pointed further down the road that we had just left. And I said, well, without me, you'd be further down that way, the wrong direction. <laughs> and if you know me, you know I would actually be the one that was in the wrong direction had the two of us not gotten together. So she keeps me straight. But, man, I'll tell you what, we all know what it's like to go in the wrong direction. Right? We all know what that feels like, every single one of us. The Bible says, for all have sinned, all have fallen short, all have got off track. Everybody knows what the wrong direction is like, but we all have a direction all the time. We all do. And on, on the edge of eternity, when we think about our life, not only our vision for this life, but for, for forever, our, our future vision. On the edge of eternity with two directions at stake. Two destinations at stake because the fruit of a wrong direction is a wrong eternal destination. And our direction has infinitely high stakes, not only for us, but those people we care about. And if you're writing things down today, I want you to write this down. Every direction leads to an eternal destination. Every direction is headed somewhere. Every person is headed into somewhere, one of two places. 
And it doesn't mean that there can't be a turnaround there, there can't be a change. The direction you're going in now or the direction the people that you care about now that they're going doesn't mean that that can't be changed. Saul has a turnaround story. But every direction leads to a destination. I want to look back at this story because Saul's direction was divinely disrupted. It was divinely disrupted in Acts chapter 9, verse 3. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and he heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound, but they did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. For three days he was blind. He did not eat or drink anything. One Bible teacher I read on this said that it's interesting because Saul was actually going to Damascus to apprehend Christians, followers of the way, and to lead them back by the hand to Jerusalem, to lead them back captive. And now God has disrupted his plans and is leading him by the hand, literally blinded. He can't see, can't even go there by himself. He's not free to move about. And, and he's been apprehended by God being led in a new direction. See, listen, God can apprehend your direction. He can disrupt your direction. He can change things. And when our plans are disrupted, like all of us experienced this last year, we tend to think when our plans, when our direction is disrupted, when our vision is interrupted, we tend to think that that's a bad thing. But sometimes God is using the disruption to redirect us, to redirect us into a better direction. See, Saul had his direction. It was informed by his education, his family history, his great learning, his past. But the problem was that Jesus was not at the end of Saul's direction. Jesus was not at the center of his vision, so God had to redirect his life. And here's my question for you, because I know you have a purpose, I know you have a direction, but are you open to God's direction correction? Maybe you want to write that down and, and pray about that this week. Am I really open? Or am I so set on I will do this that I might forget that I'm supposed to be willing? Willing to do whatever God wants me to do, to follow God. Am I open to a direction correction? Saul actually had a couple names. Saul was his Jewish name that his family would have called him, and people in the local synagogues would have called him that. But he was also called Paul. That was his Greek name. And so when he traveled to Greek cities, when he's around Greek people, they would have called him Paul. And you might know him more so by Paul when you read the Bible. But he had these two names. And interestingly, commentator Jim West, he said this about uh, Paul. He said, the fact that this Jewish boy who had two names, a Jewish name and a Gentile name, it foreshadows the role that God had him eventually play in taking the gospel to both Jewish and Gentile cities. Now, now listen to this. This was so powerful to me. It would take a man with dual citizenship to, to walk in both worlds. God chose Saul long before this day on the Damascus Road. Everything about Saul's life and heritage prepared him for the role that only he could play. Here's why that moved me. God's been at work in your life and in my life long before we can even remember it. When we, when, before we were even born. 
from our young childhood years, through all the back roads that you took in your life, through all the dead ends that you experienced, through all the mistakes and failures, through all the education that you had or lack of, through all the family history that you had for good or bad, every part of your journey, God was aware of what was going to happen when you were born. He's outside of time. He knew what your life was going to look like, and yet he still had a vision for you. He still has a vision for you, a great vision for your life. Again, he's a better dreamer for your life than you are. And God knew all that would take place, and, and he knew what Saul's life would look like, and he divinely prepared him for the unique role that he had for Saul to play in his greater kingdom. See, God was at work in his life, and he's at work in your life. He's at work in your family. He's at work already setting you up for the future, for the vision that he has for you. So be encouraged. Be encouraged. Don't walk around with your head hanging low. So well, I probably missed it. I've messed up my story. And I, God can't use someone like me. Listen, get, increase your vision today. Well, increase your vision. What if God knew all that was going to happen, which he did, and yet he still set vision for your future, which, which he has. See, God wants you to increase your vision today. And what I want you to learn is that when our plans are disrupted, when things change, that doesn't mean that there's a bad thing. In fact, the lesson here is that every disruption is not a distraction. Every disruption is not a distraction. God may be trying to divinely use the disruption in your life to redirect you on course to help you find his great purpose for you, what he wants you to accomplish, that person that he wants you to reach. Maybe the reason why you have a new job is because there's someone that you need to reach in that new workplace or that you live in a new apartment complex or a new neighborhood because there's someone that God has you to be on mission to reach. See, God is divinely working. He's got the chessboard. He knows the, the full story. The question that I think will be helpful for us as we, we think through the, the beauty of how God works is the question is, am I fully submitted? Am I fully submitted and surrendered to God's divine direction in my life? Am, am I submitted to him? Or am I going so hard, so fast and furious like Saul was in my own direction that I might miss it, that it might require God to intervene and literally redirect me? Or am I open? Am, am I submitted the amazing thing here, what happens in Saul's story is that in a moment, he has a Jesus encounter. So he meets Jesus on this road to Damascus. He's so filled with hatred, he meets Jesus running so hard against him. He has an encounter with Jesus that completely turns his life around. It transforms him from going one direction to the other. And, and here's the lesson. Jesus can change things in a moment. In a moment, he can change things. With Jesus, every moment is pregnant with potential for life change. You know, one reason why we believe so much in what we do and, and, and providing these services, these worship experiences, one reason we're so passionate about doing it with excellence and working hard and showing up early and staying late and praying hard and preparing, why? It's because we believe in a moment someone's life can be changed. If today one person, one person has an encounter with Jesus, and it increases their vision, it transforms their heart, sets them on a new direction that leads to a new eternal destination. It's all worth it. And every Sunday, every Sunday, it's someone's one day when their life is changed for forever. And it might be your day today. God brought you to this service so that you could not only just view and, and learn, but that you can grow and change. See, Jesus is always at work, and in a moment, things can change forever. Well, we all need that continual redirection, 
because we could so easily drift into the wrong direction, to the wrong path. And so we need daily alignment, daily realignment, where we get alone with God in personal, private worship and prayer, where we open his word and we study and we learn and we grow to be more like Jesus. And we also need weekly worship with our church experience family, making that a priority. Say, I'm not going to miss that. Whatever I do, that's, that's the end of one week and the beginning of another week. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be a part of it. I'm going to be a part of this community. And I'm going to grow as I worship with my church experience family. And you know, you have the ministry of presence. Your presence makes an impact. And I know we can't all be present, especially this year, in person every time. But whether I'm in present online or in person, when I'm, when I'm there, when I'm a part of my church family, it makes a difference. And being in the room with others, it encourages them. It builds them up. It's not just you. It's, it's those around you that you influence and impact by your presence. When Acts chapter 9, we find that Saul is blinded. He's... He's waiting, and in in verse 10 it says, In Damascus there was a disciple named Ananias. And the Lord called to him in a vision. He said, Ananias. Yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, Go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Lord, Ananias answered, I've heard many reports about this man and all the harm that he has done for your holy people in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority from the chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and to their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Ananias says, hold up, pump the brakes. God, I don't, I don't want to go talk to this guy. He's, he's known for putting people like me in jail. <laughs> See, Ananias didn't believe in the life change that had happened in Saul yet. God had to redirect him too, send him on a new direction. You know, God believes in you before other people believe in you. God believes in you before you believe in yourself. And some of you may have self-doubt about increasing your vision. What could God do through my life? And I'm not, I'm no Paul, I'm no, I'm no apostle Paul, I'm no preacher, I'm no missionary. I'm no, what could God do through my life? Listen, God believes in you more than you believe in yourself. Yes, he wants you to believe in him, but he wants you to know that he believes in you. And he said, Ananias, you need, you need to believe in what I'm doing in Saul's life. And others may not always believe, but you take confidence in the fact that God believes in you and God's on your side and he knows that you can change. He knows who you can become. He's got a vision in store for you. And so he comes and he says, Ananias, go. I need you. Paul, Saul is my chosen instrument. I'm going to use him. I'm going to work with him. And I need you to work with me. And thankfully, Ananias is obedient. And if you look at verse 17, Ananias went to the house and he entered it. You know, great things come through obedience. When we're obedient to the vision that God gives us, the direction that he gives us, we say, yes, Lord, whatever it is, <laughs> cleaning floors, cleaning toilets, doing the, the things that nobody else uh, thinks to do or wants to do, doing the behind the scenes, the setup, the breakdown, the, you know, running the camera, watching kids and serving, cleaning up, breaking down, like all those things. Listen, God is at work and God sees it. He knows how to find the faithful. You're not going to be lost in some obscure place in God's kingdom. He knows how to find the faithful. He knows how to find those who are working and praying diligently. It says the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. See, God knows how to find the faithful. And this is what happens here. It says Ananias went to the house and entered it, placing his hands on Saul. He said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here has sent me so that you may 
see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And let me just say right here, that's, that's really it, right? I mean, that's what we want to ha- see happen is the eyes to be opened in others' lives. The eyes to be opened. What if God used you this year to cause the vision of someone else to open up? Wouldn't that be amazing? What if God used you to open the eyes of someone else to Jesus and their life was forever changed? What if God used our church this year to change the direction of even one person? Because every one life matters. And what if one person was now headed to heaven at the end of 2021, where at the beginning of this year, they were headed for hell and destruction, separation from God for all of eternity. But because of our church family, they have a new direction. Wouldn't that be amazing? Wouldn't that be a good year? Wouldn't that be a year worth living through all the trials and the struggles? Wouldn't that be worth it for one life? Well, God wants to use you and he wants to use us together to make an impact, to see directions changed. And and this is amazing. His eyes are opened so he could see again. Immediately, it says in verse 18, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes. He could see again. He got up, he was baptized. And after taking some food, he regained his strength. Saul spent several days with the disciples in Damascus and at once he began to preach in the synagogues that Jesus is the son of God. (laughs) He had a turnaround story. He went from fighting against Jesus to faithfully following him and preaching about him. What an amazing thing. I want you to take courage. Those of you who are faithfully praying for a, a son or a daughter who's strayed away from God, in a moment Jesus can change them. You keep praying. You keep being a good example to them. And, and Jesus can turn their life around. That coworker, that neighbor, that person that you love. Listen, even in your own life, some of you say, I've tried so hard and I, I just keep falling down and just keep getting back up. Keep following Jesus. Keep putting your eyes on him because listen, In a moment, Jesus can cause those scales to fall from our eyes. He can cause us to see him in a new way. He can transform our heart and our lives. In a moment, Jesus can do that. I love that God brought Ananias to Saul to open his eyes. Now, God could have snapped his fingers and the scales could have fallen off of Saul's eyes, but but God tends to use people in our lives. When he's doing something new in and through us, he often brings new people around us. And that's why it's so important that you're engaged in community within our church family, that you have other people that believe in Jesus and that believe in you. And then they're there to to redirect you when you get off course, to encourage you, to, to serve each other, love each other, fulfill all the one another's of the Bible and pray for one another. All those things that can't be done in the individualistic isolation that we're taught in our in our culture. And, and there's great strengths to individualism in, in many ways. But sometimes your greatest strength is your greatest weakness. And our country has great strength in that, that willpower. I, I can do it. I can just, I can make a way. I can create this, this dream and, and make it happen and all that. And, and then there's some good things there, but there's also some liabilities. That you'll think that you can do it all without others. And, and, and Saul needed an Ananias to come and place his hands on him and help redirect his life. And that's when the vision really opened up for what God wanted to do through Paul's life. See, the, the change happened. God worked through other people. And, and he wants to work through you. And, and you need to be in community because you need that for others to be around you. And we, we call them life groups here at Church Experience. And we want to encourage you to get involved in a life group or a serving team. You need to get involved in other people other in their lives, get to know them and allow yourself to be known. You know, it's been a been a challenging year for all of us this last year, and we've all got used to seeing these when we go out and you know to go shop for groceries. You know, or we're out in the community and we we see these around all the time. And I'm not going to make any comments on you know how much or how little we should wear them or how long they're going to be around or when things are going to change. I, I just I want to make a point that's different. I want to make a point that there's still a person behind the mask. 
And when you see a person with a mask on, you, you, you see the mask. And a lot of people, when we go out and we put our masks on and I'm shopping for my groceries, you kind of feel a little bit more anonymous, a, a little bit hidden behind that mask. And we're going to begin a teaching series next Sunday called Masquerade. And we're going to have a little fun with something that's been an inconvenience for everybody around the world this last year. And and we're going to talk about the person behind the mask. We're going to talk about taking the mask off relationally, getting to know the person behind the mask. And you might still have a mask on, but but loving, caring, and knowing that person that's behind the mask, realizing that there's a, a person there that God loves and cares for. And it's going to be an amazing journey over these next week as we talk about relationships, being known behind the facades that we all wear, whether we have something on our face or not. We tend to wear those, those facades and, and, and allowing others to really know us and getting to know them and love them. It's a relationship series. I can't wait. It's going to be a great week. I hope you'll be here next Sunday and every week throughout this teaching series. Masquerade is coming. But you know what? What else was coming in Saul's life was a new mission. And God launched him out because of this encounter that he had on the road with Jesus. He launched out into a new vision. He started preaching in the name of Jesus and lives were transformed. And really, this is my heart for 2021. This is my personal goal. I'm zealous for wanting to experience and encounter Jesus more. You know, I've been following Jesus for a lot of years, decades now, truthfully. but, But I want more. I want more of him. And the more I encounter Jesus, the more my vision is increased. For, for what God can do in my life, the immeasurably more that he wants to do in my spirit and my family and, and through my life. And, and I, I know it's true for you too, that the encounters with Jesus are what change us. And, and I hope that, I pray that for you. In fact, I pray for you, our church family, every single day I'm praying for you. Every day I pray for you. And, and, I'm, and I hope and believe that this year can be a year for you and I to experience and encounter Jesus more so that we can raise our vision to see the more that God wants to do through our lives. The lesson is that encounters with Jesus open my eyes to bigger vision. They open my eyes. And we have a big vision here as a church family. We have, we have a big vision for what God could do through us, and, and there's so many things we hope to see accomplished. We want, we want to pass the baton of faith to the next generation. We really want to ramp up our investment in kids, the kid experience, and students, the student experience. We want to see people connect in life groups, and we want to see people serve their community in unique ways. At each, each location, serving in different, unique, beautiful ways, going out into the community and helping people come to follow Jesus, to help those who are in need. I'm so excited about the ways that we can do that. I'm, I'm excited about our services week in, week out throughout this year, the teaching series that some of our lead pastors have come together and helped brainstorm and we're looking ahead together saying, man, what could, what could God do through these services and what, what do we need to teach from God's word that's going to help people? It's going to be a great year for us together in our services every week. But beyond just what's happening in our rooms or in our online services, I, I'm looking ahead to see, God, how could you use us for your kingdom? There's such great need out there. There's so many churches that are declining and struggling and, and that are without that, that life and that joy. There's so many that have abandoned the truth of the gospel and God's word. And, and it's, it's become more of like a self-help club or just a, a social gathering. And they've, they've lost the power of, of God's word and truth. In fact, there's, there's hundreds of churches in our country alone that close their doors for good every year. You know, we need a bigger vision, church. We need a bigger vision for what God could do collectively through us as we're united around a common vision. Common vision. Well, our, our vision to be one church with many experiences, it, it came in part through a conversation I had with Kurt Swan, uh, one of the other lead pastors here in Dunedin. And, and Kurt and I were both pastoring different 
church organizations, two different entities on the same property. And, and we were sharing a conversation together one day. And we said, you know what? We'd really be better together. And God used that as a genesis, as a catalyst to launch us into a, a new direction, a redirection. Something that neither one of us would have foreseen years before, but God birthed this new vision to be one church. We, we merged these churches together, one church with many experiences, but we both continued to, to preach and lead the two services that, that God had entrusted us to. And, and we were united now, though, as one church family and, and synced up on mission, on vision, our system, so many things that help make us more efficient for God's kingdom, yet displaying still the diversity and the beauty of a variety of different experiences. Not a network, not a denomination, not an association, truly one church church in every way, but, but unique and beautiful and different at every location. And, and God seems to be blessing and pouring fuel on that fire. So many great things happening. I could tell you about Wesley Chapel. I'm so excited about what God's now doing to allow us to birth a church in Wesley Chapel, a church experience. Wesley Chapel, led by this couple, Brandon and Cassie Hughes, and their family. They're having launch team gatherings, preparing for, God willing, a March 2021 grand opening, launch day. I can't wait to be praying for them. It's exciting to see him sending us other church planners. A couple named Greg and Connie Ray Smith headed to launch Church Experience Bradenton, God willing, here in 2021. And another couple, Warren and Jen Blackbeard from South Africa. Pray for them through the immigration process and all that as they're headed to West Chase here in Tampa to launch Church Experience West Chase. It's exciting to see that we can be a part of launching a new gathering of believers, a new church, part of the Church Experience family in new cities. It's amazing to see that what God is doing and what God could do. You know, and we've really you know, walked a journey with a number of church planners trying to assess if we could help or not. And, and you know, sometimes I just felt led to share this story here on the front end because, you know, we have a big vision and it's not always, you take a step and it's not always going to work out the way you, you hoped it would. In fact, we partnered with a couple, Kurt and Teresa Lee, and we were all so excited and they were excited about church experience, Marietta and Atlanta. We started walking down that journey and, and they had their truck literally packed, ready to go. Everything was set up. They are ready to begin and, and their housing fell through. Job Job situation just didn't work out. There were so many factors that didn't come together. So they hit the pause button. And right at that moment, they got a call from a place that, that Kurt had applied to, a Christian university applied to eight months before. They called out of the blue and offered him a full-time position with benefits. Two of his kids were already enrolled in that school and now get tuition discount. It was, it was an amazing God story. We both looked back on it and said, yeah, this, is, this seems like a God redirection. And I, I just share that for this point. You know, we're, we're going to attempt a great things for God. It's not always going to go how we imagine it will. But we're going to take those risks and step out in faith because it's worth it. We dream big, take risks, and expect Jesus to show up. We expect him to guide and lead us. It's amazing to be a part of. So what's the vision? Our vision, it's, it's a grand one. It's, it's one we believe will make a massive impact. But it's way beyond us. We're out of our depth. But this is a God vision. It's something that he's more than capable of accomplishing. And that vision is simply this. By 2022, a year from now, we, we want to be planting five churches a year, new church experience locations in different cities, reaching more people for Jesus Christ. That's our vision, and it's an exciting one. And to help introduce the newest church plant, a new relaunch of a church, a transition of a church, a merger of a church in the Northeast, I have a friend and fellow pastor, Fred Kyson, who's going to help me introduce it. Hey, Church Experience, I am so excited to be here today in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania with my friend, Fred Kyson, fellow pastor, and now we get to announce to you together that Fred is now a Church Experience pastor, the lead pastor of our new location, our first location outside the state of Florida, 
Church Experience Northeast near Butler, Pennsylvania. Fred, thank you so much for uh, joining up and being a part of this movement and what God's doing. Uh, could you just take a minute and tell us some history and how we got to this point? Sure. Uh, my name's Fred Kyson. I'm married uh, to Lori Kyson. We have six boys, four of which have moved on. They all live on their own. We have our two sons, uh, Josh and Caleb, 11 uh, and 13, who still live at home with us. And, we live about 30 miles north of where you're standing here shivering and freezing. I am shivering. And outside here in beautiful downtown Pittsburgh with a skating rink in the background. So uh, my wife and I have been in ministry for 15 years and we've planted churches, revitalized churches. And back in August, as our church sold our 100-year-old church building and our church revitalization actually turned into um, a church plant, really. So this revitalization effort that we started four years ago as the Intersection Community Church turned into a church plant. We sold our facility and had about 50, 60 people um, rallied and gathered around. God connected us when my wife and I were on vacation uh, earlier in the summer of 2020 uh, when we were trying to figure out who has the vision and the mission that we're looking for. So the vision and mission of church experience was the same vision and mission that's been on my heart. How do we reach people for the kingdom, develop new disciples, make new disciples, and plant churches that have local lead pastors that teach and preach, have local leadership teams, but all have the same mission and all can be combined uh, to be better together. So God, uh, through different means connected us together and when I got back Brandon called me so that's how we got connected and we've been talking ever since and we're really happy we're super excited to be church experience northeast and to help people find follow Jesus and help them have a full life in Jesus Christ and I know you're less than excited to be here <laughs> in the northeast uh, it's great that's I love it yeah. I love it man so I we, love we it. had a good time here yeah uh, it's been evening. a fantastic time. journey around the city yeah. and you got to see uh, and have a family experience in yeah. our uh, local atmosphere here in and around Pittsburgh but one of the things we're excited about yeah. doing is developing out the church experience mission and vision as we are getting ready to uh, potentially buy a facility so we, uh, we get excited about moving into a facility being in an area right outside of Pittsburgh that's growing uh, so that we can start our journey there and then potentially even whatever God has planned uh, through church experience we can even plant more campuses up right. here in the northeast so right. we can be better together even though we're a thousand miles apart that's right well Fred thank you for sharing all that it's so exciting what God is doing and our vision is to be one church with many experiences and church experience the heartbeat like Fred says to help more people experience a full life in Jesus Christ so thank you for helping make that possible we just wanted to share that exciting update with you our church family what God is doing the best is yet to come come on that's so exciting. It's amazing what, what God is doing through us together. I'm so happy we get to announce this new location, but I hope that in the years to come, we'll see many more churches being birthed, revitalized, relaunched, impacted for Christ in new communities. Because when an individual life is changed, and when a church is changed, and when a community is changed, listen, the world has changed. And we can be a small part of the great things that God is doing around the world through taking one step at a time faithfully following him. So how can I help? 
that might be a question that some of us are asking. Well, I want to be a part of it. I want to increase my vision. I want our church to move forward and make an impact. How can I help? And then in my own life, my personal vision, maybe some of you today, God's stirring. You're saying, man, I, I, I see things different today. I, I want to be used greatly by God. I, wanna, I want God to do something in my life like he did in Saul's life, Paul, the apostle Paul's life, who, who went on to do some great things for God. You know, I, I want God to do more in my life. I want the, the, the new vision for the scales to fall off my eyes. How can I help? Here, there's three things. Maybe you want to write them down. Number, number one is to spend daily time alone with God and and be in worship every week. Spend daily time alone with God and be in worship every week. It's a practical step, but as you, as you pray, God begins to move the mountains. As you get alone with God, your, your personal private worship determines what God will do in public through your life. And I want to encourage you this year to decide if you do nothing else right, to get alone with God every day and increase, increase not only your, your quality time with Him, but the depth of your time with Him and your consistency in worship. I'm telling you, God will use that to change your life. And when you're praying, pray for our church family. Pray for our church experience leaders. Pray for your pastors. Pray for your church family. Pray for our vision. And then number two, I'll, I'll say this, is that, is that participation, participation can cause great movement in your life. And so that the second thing would be to, to get out of the stands. Stop being a spectator, but participate in what God wants to do in your life. And, and there's a few different ways you can do that. One is, is you, can, you can find the Saul in your life that doesn't yet know Jesus. Maybe you want to jot their name right down now. Maybe there's a few names. And start praying for them first. And then like Ananias, step courageously into their life and have a conversation. Invite them into a bigger vision. Maybe God will use you this year to cause the scales to fall from someone's eyes because you had the courage and the tenacity to pursue them relationally in a loving, a kind, in a gracious way. Birthed in prayer. What if God used you? That's one way, and it also leads to this third thing. You can, you can invest more in building God's kingdom, through serving, finding your unique gifts. Paul would go on and preach. That was, that was his thing. That was his gifting. He would write letters penned by God. He's known as the greatest missionary. He'd go around and travel and, and start uh, different churches in unique cities. And, and it's just amazing what, what God did through his life. But listen, God wants to do that through your life, with your gifts, with your abilities. What are you good at? What do you love doing? What if God could redeem that and use that to build his kingdom? Have you thought about serving through his church? The church is the gathered assembly of God's people. What if your gifts could build up encourage, and and equip God's church? What if God wanted to use your gifts to do that and your church? Wouldn't that be amazing? If you started serving and God used you in that way, maybe to lead a life group or start serving on a team and using your skills to make the services more quality and impacting, what could God do through you? Another way that you could invest is, let's just talk about this for a brief moment, is to invest strategically and financially in building God's kingdom. I want to share some good news with you on that front in just a second, but, but there's two aspects of this. It, it's realizing and recognizing that everything that I own is God's. And saying, God, just in the same way I want to make my time and my skills available to you, my passions, I want to make my, my resources available to you as well. And the Bible teaches throughout the Bible this principle of tithing, giving back to God the first tenth of what he's given to you. And that, those financial resources fund his work. It doesn't just fund local church ministry. It, it funds ministry all around the world to make an impact through your local church, through the people that you serve with and, and love and lead with, those people that go on and impact their community because they've been equipped by that local church that they've been a part of. 
And then those resources are sent out and help people and help those in need. There's so many things that our resources, when they're surrendered to God, can do to change lives. But not only giving our tithe, giving above and beyond our offerings as God leads us. And that's where I want to update you on some other good news. We had this next vision fund, and we set out six goals back in September. And we said as a church, these are six things in the years ahead we want to pursue. And I'm not going to go through those right now in this moment, but I want to give you an update. We, we set a courageous goal of $50,000 that we had in a matching gift for in, in 2020. And then we set a goal, if you remember that booklet that you've seen, we, if you haven't got one, make sure that you pick one of these up. Let us know and we'll get one to you. But inside that, we said over the next three years, we want to raise $100,000 extra each year above and beyond our normal tithes so that we can make a difference in many more lives. Things like starting new locations, helping those in need, raising up the next generation. And the cool thing I get to announce to you today is and we met our first goal of those different goals of this last year from September through December, and we raised 53000 of our $50,000 goal. So you guys crushed it. Way to go. We pulled together. And God accomplished so much, it's going to fuel us forward into this new year, launching new locations, building up God's church. Well, the second part of that goal was to raise 100000 in 2021 above and beyond through our offerings. And instead of a few months to do it from September through December, we have a whole year to do it. And so I want to ask you to consider making above and beyond giving, gift. Give your tithes and offerings and designate it to the local church campus you're a part of, but then give above and beyond as God leads you. Maybe set up a recurring gift and to the above and beyond to the next fund to fuel forward these growth goals for our church to make an impact in other lives. When you set up recurring giving, the amazing thing about it is that we as a church can continue to minister even when you're physically not present. Because this year's taught, last year's taught us that there's always gonna be Sundays where we physically can't be present and it's gonna be unexpected. So set up recurring giving, you can give online and it makes a huge difference. Well, I wanna close the message this way. We're talking about encounters with Jesus that change us. We had a missions trip that came to, from Texas to uh, Florida to help at our central campus in our auditorium building to finish off a renovation in our kitchen that we've been wanting to do for a long time. And uh, they were there, this, this group of guys working so hard, and, and they also had some projects over in our chapel building that they wanted to accomplish as well. But the problem was for them is there was a memorial service that day that they were in town working on this project. And they were really excited to get in there and get these things finished. So the memorial service was done. And a couple of the guys, unknown to me, went into the chapel building. And they went in after this memorial service had just finished. And they got on a ladder. You can see these pictures. They got on a ladder and they're, and they're changing a the light. They're, they're fixing something in the ceiling while there's still people in the service. And, and, and me and another guy uh, that came in from the back, we saw these guys. It shocked us. We pulled out our phones and started snapping these pictures. It was just hilarious to us. It, and as funny as it was that they were so eager to get started, regardless of what was happening in the room, it, it also motivated me. Because, see, they had a mission. And they said, you know what? Our mission matters. And we, we got to get this done. We're only here for a short time. And in their case, they were on an airplane and headed back home. Do you know that you're only here for a short time? Because one day you're going to be headed home. This is not your home. Heaven is your home. And while you're here for this short time, will you do whatever it takes to help God's kingdom come? His will be done. Will you serve? Will you give generously? Will you invite others to hear about the gospel? Will you use your life and your time and your efforts? See, listen, this is what happens when somebody catches a bigger vision. I want to close with this passage of scripture that I want to read over you before we, we close in prayer today. And it's in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 22. Listen to what happens through the life of someone who gets a bigger vision. This is Saul who became Paul. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 22. He says, are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. 
Are they Abraham's descendants? So am I. Are they servants of Christ? I'm out of my mind to talk like this. I am more. And then he goes on to list all the things that he's done for Christ after changing his vision, after changing his direction. Look, he, he says, you know, I've, I've worked much harder. I've been in prison more frequently. I've been flogged more severely. And I've been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones and three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and day in the open sea. I have been constantly on the move. I've been in danger from river. I've been in danger from bandits. I've been in danger from my fellow Jews. In danger from Gentiles. In danger in the city. In danger in the country. In danger at sea. And basically I've been in danger everywhere. In danger from false believers. I've been... I've labored and toiled, I've known hunger and thirst, and have often gone without food. I have been cold and naked. Besides everything else, I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. Who is weak, and I do not feel weak? Who is led into sin, and I do not inwardly burn? Saul, or the Apostle Paul, caught a bigger vision. And he said, I will do, and this is the last lesson today, I will do whatever it takes Jesus, I'm all in. It's not about me. It's not about my dream anymore. It's not about my vision. It's not about my kingdom. It's not about my glory. God, it's about your glory, your kingdom come. Your will be done here, now, through us. God, use me. That was Paul's cry. That was his vision. That was his heartbeat. Listen, God wants to increase your vision today. Not a vision that's for you, but a vision that's through you. Not a vision even that's for our church, but a vision that's through our church. A vision to build God's kingdom. Will you be a part of it? Will you step up? Will you give your all and do whatever it takes? Because when you increase your vision, we'll see increased harvest, life change, impact that will last forever. But the only way your vision can increase and the only way you can sustain that kind of vision like Paul did through the trials and through the troubles is to encounter Jesus personally. And that's my greatest hope for you this year, that you, like Saul, will encounter Jesus personally and then you will be sent out on mission to be used greatly by God in ways you can only imagine. Right on? Right on. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for giving us vision, your vision. Thank you, God, for using people like us, flawed, sin-stained, past, the failures abundant, God, yet you never gave up on us. And, and Saul was so adamantly against you, God. He, he was going the wrong direction so fast, so hard, but yet, God, you, you, you captured his heart, his, his soul, his life, and you redirected him. And I thank you for that example to us that, God, that you never give up on us. You want us to change and turn around and be used by you. And I just pray, Jesus, that today that you would do that. And maybe the life of someone who's listening to this message today, that God, you would give them a greater vision for you and for your kingdom of what you could do. Even through the hardships, that God, they'd have great joy in following you and serving you. And that God, you'd work in ways that are beyond what they can imagine. So Jesus, use us as a church this year. We commit our way to you. We establish our plans in you and you alone. And we ask your Holy Spirit to guide us. Do what only you can do. God, multiply. Pour fuel on this fire that's burning within us. A, a fire for your kingdom. For the expansion of your work in this world, which is so desperately needed at this time. God, and for our world that's in such turmoil and so many problems and issues. God, may we get our eyes off the bad news and, and turn our eyes to the good news. 
Jesus, there's so much bad news in the world, but Jesus, the good news is the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that we can be saved from our sins, forgiven, reconciled to God through the sacrifice of his son Jesus on a cross. And God, I pray right now, if there's anyone hearing this message who has never received that message freely in their own heart, that right now in this moment, that they would receive you, Jesus, personally, that they'd recognize that they are a sinner and they need a savior. And Jesus, right now in this moment, they'd place their faith in you and they surrender their life to you. God, we, we give you praise today as we go back out into another week ahead. May we go in with increased vision and a commitment to encountering you, Jesus, every day so that you can redirect this as you see fit. We love you, Jesus. We commit this year to you. It's in your name we pray. And everyone say, Thanks again for joining us today at Church Experience Online. Please don't forget to check out the website if you'd like to get more connected, learn more, get your questions answered, or support the movement financially. You're now going to hear a Church Experience Worship original song. We hope this gives you an opportunity to worship and reflect on what you learned today.